welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast. This is officially episode number two. I'm Chantel Lopez, and I am the founder of SkillfulTeaching.com, and I am joined with my cohort, Deborah Colway, master teacher from the Pilates Center in Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Deborah. Hi there, Chantel. <laughs> We've just been having a really great conversation um, on this idea of clearing the clutter, and we wanted to expand on it with some more specific things that you can do and, and really things that you can ask yourself to help you identify where or how to clear the clutter in your teaching. So, Deborah, I just wanted to kind of reframe what you and I were discussing around um, that really it seems to me that the first step for us as teachers and something that we, we should practice or could practice regularly is getting familiar with when we are having some unpleasant reaction to our teaching. Uh, and that can look like so many different things, but just as an example... Um, I, I'm feeling resistant to going to the studio. I'm feeling a little agitated before teaching a class or a session. I'm in a session and I'm noticing that I'm distracted. I'm looking out the window. Um, I'm losing count. Um, so these kinds of things that are like little little red flags about something going on for us in our teaching, something that you know we're kind of stuck in a belief or a frame of mind that is perhaps preventing us from being fully present and the best that we can be. So what Deborah and I have been talking about is that the first step really is just to identify this sensation. And I wonder, Deborah, if you would talk a little bit about, you know, how that might come up for us as teachers and what we might be asking ourselves in relationship to that you know, that unpleasant kind of feeling. Right. Well, I mean, I think that one has to be encouraged to actually notice that it's happening because I think that there's a, a kind of pointing out that's necessary here um, so that instead of somebody just kind of one day thinking, boy, I don't really think I like, I like teaching, you know, or... I don't feel good enough. I this is really making me tired or anxious, or um, I feel so often that I don't really have the confidence, or I don't know enough, or the kinds of things that come up for us. Um, I think what we're talking about right now is actually stopping right there and backing up and trying to shine a light on what. What is the nature of the distraction? What is holding us back? And to actually realize in the moment that we, we're we not connecting. We are distracted. We are feeling anxious. We are feeling somehow upset. And what you and I were speaking about a little bit ago was that at first we might identify it as a more emotional or psychological feeling, but then to actually track it back into a physical sensation. Right. And I think what's powerful about tracking it back into a physical sensation is that we then can learn to recognize sooner Yes. that something is off, and then it's that red flag or that wake-up moment. We're like, oh, 
I have the, I have this bellyache. I have this tightness in my head. I, I'm not breathing well. And then to actually in that moment come back and look around, you know, and take a deep breath and notice if we actually can feel our feet on the ground or if we're clenching somewhere, our buttocks or our pelvic floor. You know, when was the last time you remembered exhaling? Right. <laughs> and then kind of take a, take a fresh start, you know, so that it doesn't sort of build into this generalized anxiety and generalized dissatisfaction, but it's something that can, can be cut. Yes. Almost right in the moment. Yeah, and I think what I would what I would advise. I mean, I just from my own experience, even like very recently, noticing when I boredom is what comes up for me often, and I think just the acknowledgement, like ah, oh, that's hmm, I'm feeling a little bit bored. That just stopping literally for that a split second in the teaching and taking a big full deep breath for myself and like a, and a body scan, as you're saying, like my feet, my knees, my hips, my breath, my back, my shoulders, my jaw, my eyes. And, and then just, I feel like what I would encourage teachers to do is to just really allow that practice to happen and to repeat it and to repeat it and, and use that as a primary tool for staying present. And I love what you're saying because I feel like my experience has also been that without acknowledging the unease mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. the unpleasantness, it does end up snowballing into some, you know, story and belief about, yeah. oh, I hate my work. I'm not meant to do this. I'm not good at it. Without, right. which is just, I feel like not, does not really lead us to the truth. So. No. And, and I think what's really important too, is kind of, it's, uh, you know, I mean, somebody might be, kind of shocked by hearing you say that. What do you mean you're bored? Is this the best <laughs> job in the world? How could you ever be bored? And so then we're going to beat ourselves up. Like, how could I be feeling bored? You know, but you have to acknowledge it. I think that's brilliant because you can't just push it away. It doesn't work. Yes. Boredom will come back. Whatever right. the <laughs> negative, quote, negative right. feelings that we're having, we can't just push them away because they'll come back. It's, it's like the cat who knows you're allergic to them, you know, yes. and they come over on you. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you, you know, it's because don't beat yourself up. You know, it's like, oh, that's weird. I'm feeling bored. Yeah. Okay. How can I bring myself back? Not like, oh my God, I'm this terrible right. person. I'm, I'm bored, but I'm teaching, you know, whatever, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so, uh- so there's an identification of the quality, whether it's emotional, psychological, and or physical, and, and to just be able to stop and identify it simply mm-hmm. and without judgment, I would say, yes. you know, is the, is, the, is the intention. And then from there, I often feel like just with that acknowledgement, that, that's what can preserve the moment and bring me into presence. And well, and it brings some space. It puts, it aerates it. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think this is again, like this is just. This seems like something we should all be doing all the time because we're human beings, and and even though we may feel like we have the best job in the world and we are born to do what we do, we're still human, and we still will get bored and disenchanted, and we still will struggle. You know, I mean, all of those things. Yes. 
Um, of course. And so I think that's really valuable. And, um, you know, I feel like probably most teachers who are listening to this can relate to that experience of not feeling quite, you know, kind of on board with what they're mm-hmm. doing. And then, so the next question, the next part would be that if there's continued agitation, restlessness, resistance, even like, I don't know, fear, uh, fear, right. Well, the, the, the next question that I would ask both perhaps not in the moment, but, but in more of a long-term, um, way, you know, or, or afterward is to take the acknowledgement one step further and to really inquire within, like, what am I, what am I feeling afraid of? What, you know, what am I resistant to? What, what is it? And, you know, as we've all heard before, it's like, sometimes not only do we need to create that space and aerate it, as you're saying, but we need to actually unveil it, right? We need to just pull the cover off and go, Oh, well, crap. I didn't even, I didn't recognize. I'm actually feeling afraid of, I don't know, A, B or C, right? Being seen, being wrong, not living up to my students' expectation, not living up to, you know, hurting somebody. Yeah. Hurting somebody. Right. Not giving them the results that they want. Right. So, well, and then I think to tag on to that is that the person in kind of get in touch with that and then ask themselves, is there a pattern here? Is this, is this my habitual fear? Is it just my, my style? Right. <laughs> That's a because, very interesting you know, because, way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, so for you, what do you, what's, what does that lead you to? So here I am and I'm recognizing like, oh, feeling really resistant to just even showing up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then you take it a step further and you go, is that a pattern? And I, and then I say, yes, it's a, I can see that that's a pattern. And then what's the next What's the next? So if you identify the pattern, so then just as an example, oh, let me think of one. So um, something, I don't know if this comes up for you, but, uh, you know, if you work in an environment where the people that you teach are being taught by others. Yes. Or mm -hmm. if you're a student teacher and you're actually having, not having, (laughs) you're actually practice teaching on you know, with people that have other, maybe more experience. If your thing is that you're afraid you you don't quite have it, you don't know enough, you know, it's a lack of confidence fundamentally. Right. Mm -hmm. Then, um, so after you do your initial sort of investigation, you realize, wow, I, I really get nervous when I teach people that other people are also teaching or that I've maybe adopted clients that somebody else had, but they went on maternity leave or they left town or whatever. Now they're my clients, but they used to be somebody else's clients. And I'm in this little bit of struggle with myself because, you know, I want to live up to somebody else's expectations versus just being free to be myself or Mm -hmm. something like that. And letting that come out and then, how do you find the courage, you know, to just be 
you have to be yourself. You can only know what you know. So then you got to come clean, you know. So if it's because you're teaching in this scenario, you know, maybe you, you've adopted some clients that somebody else had, then you got to be upfront with it, you know, and find your way to say, okay, I know you, I know you've been studying with uh, Chantil for three years and I'm sorry that you miss her. <laughs> she went off and had that, she had that other baby, you know, but I'm going to, you know, I really, I'm going to take really good care of you and we're going to, we're going to get to know each other really well. And, you know, like put it out there, like right. don't hide the fact that, you're nervous that you're never going to be as good of a teacher as Chantille. And, you know, so, but it's like, no, just say, you know what? I'm so excited to have this opportunity to work with you and tell me about yourself. And, you know, like somehow find a way to bring it forward instead of hiding it in the dark shadows. Yeah. And so I would just propose like a, a you know, the, um, for those who are listening who are prone to uh, or drawn to inquiry, um, and even for those, maybe especially for those who are not, um, a, a, a process of asking questions like, okay, you've identified the, the unease. You have reflected on what is its root? Like, I'm afraid of something. I feel afraid. I feel agitated. And you realize, okay, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of not living up to the student's expectations or filling the shoes of another teacher who they've been working right. with. And, yeah. and so, just as an example, right? Yeah, as yeah. an example, absolutely. And then, so then that leads you to the question of what, what, what is my belief like about this? My belief is that I may not be enough, right? And right. and then then and then I feel like the powerful next piece is how do I feel when I believe that I am not enough? Right. How, and what do I do? Yeah. How does that manifest? Right. And then, right, exactly. And then, so when I believe that I'm not enough in my work environment, I am less confident. I, I speak softly. I am afraid of doing the wrong thing, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. and then to ask the inverse, which would be, how would I feel if I didn't believe that? Like, who would I be without that belief? Like, who would I be if I didn't believe, you know, that I'm not good enough or I couldn't fill this teacher's shoes or that, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're pondering or working with. And to really acknowledge that without the belief of, in our example, not being good enough, it's to see that without that belief, I feel calm. I feel grounded. I can breathe easily. I feel succinct. I am excited. I show up early. And then how does that affect my student? It makes them more successful, more trusting, more willing. And by going through this process of just really looking at, well, here's a belief that I have and here's how I feel with this belief. And here's how I feel without this belief. I feel like that is part of the coming coming out with it process that you're talking about. Like, just be upfront. Put about it, it on the table. Put yeah. it on the table. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's this belief. Ooh, yuck. Like, oh, <laughs> this, this does not feel good. But I could have this other belief, and I would be my best self, and I could really show up, and I would. It would feel 
it would feel so good. And then, you know, I, uh, the question that you asked, which I just really love, and I hope you don't mind, I'll probably start using it. I think it's so great is that in the moment we can ask ourselves just this question and I'll let you go into it, um, of, you know, what do I see? Like being there in the teaching moment and allowing our confidence to really manifest itself. And so I know you said earlier that that's a question that you ask your teachers all the time to ask themselves. Yeah. To kind of break the ice a little bit. I mean, I think what happens when we, when we're all balled up with, with whatever myriad of fear and anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, it's, you know, it's such a constriction for our energy and, you know, there's no flow. There's no, there's no movement possible. There's no relationship possible in that moment. So then something that, you know, I find helpful, again, this, this comes out of when I'm actually observing a, a teacher, you know, or in the training program, it's not, obviously, it's not going to be happening outside of, you know, but a thing that you can work with for yourself is just, okay, I'm here. If you feel stuck and you don't know what to say or you feel like you don't know what to do, do you just ground yourself and say, well, what do I see? I mean, this actually does depend on the fact that you know what you're doing. You do know what you're doing. You do know whatever piece of equipment you're on or you're working with mat work. I mean, you have to have your craft. And then I think sometimes what we're saying is that people do have their craft to a certain degree, but the fear and the anxiety gets in the way. So, I mean, you can't just say, what do you see in the absence of any training? I mean, there does have to be some training that has occurred. And uh, so in that moment, what do you see? Okay. Does that fit with, with your point of view? You know, uniform development, circulation, uh, increased breathing capacity, you know, all the, all the tenets that we're, we're teaching Pilates, all that it's based on, mm. you know, all our, all our concepts that we work with every day is the way the person is doing the movement supporting, supporting the concepts. Right. Aha. Okay. That just brings me right back. What do I believe in? I believe in uniform development. I believe in circulation. I believe in detoxification. I believe in flowing movement and decompression and all the many things we could list, right? Mm -hmm. So then that kind of grounds you again. Oh, right. That's what I'm doing. What do I see? I see them holding their breath. I see them gripping. Or I see them doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's okay too. Um, I wanted to and just... And then that just kind of brings you back and, and lets you move on. Right. Right. Exactly. To, to be free to move on and move through. Um, you know, I want to... Because ultimately it's like it can't be about us. It's got to be about them. Yes. So, so the things that get in our way that you and I have been talking about this whole time, what the problem with all of that is just that it 
it makes it about us when actually in the teaching situation we've got to we've got to be able to look at them not we've got to be able to be there for them yeah yeah that's i mean excellent and and you know really really so crucial um this this question i think also you know, you mentioned like there is, there is an assumption that we have, we have some knowledge and training and I would just offer, it's not a caveat really, but, um, to just know that in asking this question, it to me feels like what we're also doing is giving ourselves permission to know what we know and to apply it Mm -hmm. well, whether we have been teaching for six months or six years or 16 years Right, it's like what, right. what do I see? That's well, right. well, I see there's something. Yeah, Everyone I, has something to offer. That's right. Yeah, and to see what I see is going to be something different than what somebody sees who just started teaching. But my knowledge is also different than theirs, and it's incredibly powerful and appropriate to see what you see and apply it within the means that you have. Right. It, it just feels like that question, like what do I see, just really allows me to sit in the place of all that I already know without the anxiety of what I don't know. Although, although I do see teachers panic, you know, what do I see? Oh, Oh, I don't know what I see. Well, you do know what you see. What there's no, then you just keep it. Like, it's kind of like you have to just keep, keep, okay. I don't know what I see. I don't know what I see. Okay. Well, you know, are they breathing? <laughs> right. Are they breathing? Are they moving? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So it's all very... Remember what the exercise... Like when people panic, it's like, well, what exercise are you teaching right now? Do you know the choreography? Are they Are they somehow doing that? You know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be something. Yeah, and and I think also this question allows us to step back. Like when, you know, a common scenario that I often find myself in watching teachers teach is they get, they fumble or they make a mistake and they get flustered and they can't get back. And so it's like, just, it's okay. Just take a deep breath. and, And what do you see? The simplest, most fundamental thing that you see and start there. And then, right. and then what else do you see? Oh, okay. Right. Exactly. And then exactly. what else do you then see? What? Little by little. Exactly. And I think that, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, um, in, in the spirit of keeping the conversation, you know, brief ish is that yeah. this is, both of these things that we're talking about, because I really feel like we've talked maybe about two different things, you know, asking ourselves the relevant questions around, um, a, a, an unease about teaching and, and kind of as a global way. And then this other more very, you know, local specific way of being in the moment. But both of these things help us to, as you so brilliantly said earlier, create space, you know, to open us up, to bring us into presence, to get out of our own way. And that's really what we're talking about. And that was the, that was the thread of conversation. The clutter that we, that we started with is the clutter that's in our head. Yeah. 
So based on the beliefs that we hold, right, the patterns that we, we experience based on the beliefs that we have about ourselves and, and then, you know, how, how that just, it really, it does, it takes up all the room and it doesn't leave room for truth, stillness, you know, really clear observation of what's happening rather than what we believe is happening. So I thank you for that. That's, it's great. And it's exciting. And, and again, you know, I feel like this, these are the kinds of very simple tools that are so handy for us as teachers that keep us moving forward and, and not detoured down, you know, the path of discontent and frustration and lack of confidence, which we all experience at, you know, various times. So I thank you for that, Deborah. And, um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think we, we kind of pull it out of each other. So I think that's really great. Yeah. It's wonderful. And I would just encourage, um, those who are listening, uh, to get in touch with, um, Deborah or I, if you have thoughts, comments, or questions, you can, um, do that by contacting us at thinkingpilates at gmail.com. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Deborah, for that. And we will, um, we will talk to each other again shortly for episode three. And we look forward to hearing from all of you in the future. All the things that make you sing and tap your little toe.